I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, y'all. It's episode 135 of Please Advise, and I am really, really getting into it. We just recorded with Stacey Jones, and we have a new guest here now. But Christina didn't tell me something about our last episode. What What did you not tell me, Christina? That was technically our third anniversary episode. So we, we started, been- we launched the podcast June 6th, 2014, I want to say. Yeah. You guys, we've been doing this for three years. Remember, never forget, we only made $62 our first year. This is a labor of love. It's something that I'm so proud to do. Obviously, I have other podcasts that I really enjoy the community, and I I just, but Please Advise is a very special baby of mine, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. And like one of the absolute best parts of this whole thing is that I get to do it with my best friend, and we work really well together, and that is, there's a lot to be said for that. And I want to also remind you guys that if you haven't picked up your tickets for the WMYC Work It Festival, which is going to be in LA, unfortunately, I think I didn't stress that enough because some people asked me when we were going to be in New York giving a talk or whatever. Um, it's in LA. It's at the Ace Theater downtown. We are going to be on the second stage on October 24th, I believe. October 4th. October 4th. Sorry. And, um, yeah, Christina and I basically had the distinct honor of being asked to talk about what it was like for two friends to start a podcast and to work together and some of the ups and downs we've had over the past three years. And I think that now that now that I realize we've been doing this for three fucking years, now that I realize that, I 
think that we're qualified to do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, we are. N- and like not a year too soon or too late. It's perfect. It's perfect. So um, thank you, Christina, for being like the best. Uh, thank you to our audience for helping to grow us. And I will use this opportunity to kind of beg for something that I realized recently we need a lot more of, which is reviews in the iTunes store. There are people that are beating us at reviews for the iTunes store. I think we're at 200-something right now. 211. 211. I would like to say by the end of 2017, I would like to have 500 reviews in the iTunes store. And if we have 500 reviews in the iTunes store, I will do something special for you. I don't know what it is yet. I'll either do some sort of reporting thing or I will try to get the best guest I can or I'll give some exclusive content or something. But if we can get to 500 reviews in the iTunes store, it's not a difficult thing to do. And it literally is the most helpful thing you can do for this show because when every time there's a new iTunes review, it helps us grow in the charts because we are an advice podcast, my lawyer advised me that we had to file under comedy because, um, you know, if I say something and one of you kills yourselves, um, you know, I have to be like, well, legally, this was comedy. That's basically the only way around it. And it is very difficult to chart anywhere in the comedy charts because we are not famous comedians. Yeah, super competitive. I, I am not, you know, this isn't the most lulziest podcast. Sometimes we laugh, but a lot of times it's just us, like, listening to really serious family problems or whatever it is, and it can take on a somber tone. So this isn't like the big, big LOL podcast, but we do think that it's worthwhile for people to listen to. We love what we're doing. That's why we do it for three years. It's why we've been so passionate about taking so few breaks. Um, Literally, if we ever take a a week off, it's fully necessary. And um, like one time my meds weren't sorted and we took like a month off. So like that's the only time we take time off. And so if you guys can help us get to 500 reviews by the end of this year, I promise I will do something special for you. It takes five minutes. Open up your iTunes app or your podcast app on your phone or go to iTunes, however you do it, and leave a five-star review, some kind words if you'd like. And um, it would mean a lot to us. That's the best present you could give us, honestly. It helps so much. I mean, it, it like makes me so happy when someone's like, hey, can you remind me of the code? Because I want to like support your advertisers or whatever. That's like so great. But uh, the iTunes store reviews mean a whole lot too. So just, yeah, whatever. Christina, what do you think? What do you want to say? Um, I just am so grateful to have had this experience and, you know, because we're preparing for that WNYC thing, um, we've been thinking a lot about what has changed about us or like what we've gone through after doing this for three years. And it's just kind of crazy that like we've done anything for three years. Dude, we were kids when we started this. I mean, I can't tell you the difference I've seen or felt in myself between 30 and 33. You were 27 when we started yeah. this. You're 30 now. Yeah, soon You're, to be 31. But yeah. That's fine. And happy birthday, Christina, on July 4th. Everyone tweet at her. <laughs> um, I'm going to be out of town. I'll be in Austin, actually. So I would like to say to Please Advise Nation, Emotionally Broken Psychos Nation, Mother May I Sleep with Podcast Nation, I'm going to try and do a meetup uh, one of the days I'm there. I'm going to be there the 2nd through the 5th. And I'd like to do that, one, so I can write the trip off. But two, because I love meeting you guys so much. And uh, maybe we can record an episode together. But, uh, yeah. But taking p- taking your calls over the last couple of years has been so essential to, like, also my growth. And yes. just learning through you guys and your problems. Like, 
how how relatable it is and like everyone the biggest thing i've learned is like everyone's going through the same shit kind of yeah and so like not not to dwell on like you're the only one and there's something so comforting and knowing that you're not the only one absolutely i mean i think i've said before that ultimately we have you know lots of different details come into play but ultimately everyone's asking kind of the same five or six questions um and i think that that's a very comforting thing to know in life is that we all are kind of walking through this trying to figure out the same things and uh it's been an honor, I have to say, honestly, like to just say how, first of all, like you guys have made me laugh. You've literally made me cry. You've inspired me. And so thank you for be- trusting us and to coming with us with some of your biggest life problems or just taking the time to say something that'll make us laugh or honestly, just there's some weeks where we don't get a ton of calls. So every time you call 323-450-7408 or email uh, ask please advise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Uh, <laughs> it's huge for us. So thank you for everyone. You are the biggest part of this show. We cannot do this show without you. And Absolutely. that that's, I mean, that's the truth. We'd just be sitting here with our thumbs up our asses trying to like guess people's problems. I mean, we've never really gotten to the point where we've had to like tell our friends like, yo, will you call and do a funny voice? And like, <laughs> just be like, hey, like, I don't know what color to paint my bedroom. Like, uh, I, so thank you. Thank you. And I want to say, first of all, a big thank you to my guest, who's also one of my oldest friends in L.A., someone I love so much, someone that you guys at home know from being on this podcast many times, from her work at Hello Giggles, from just being a, a, a bitch about town. Also our first ever guest. She was, oh, my God, had. our first fucking guest. At your place. Blair. At my apartment fucking bursty girl you were our first guest i knew i should have brought something today i oh i'm sorry i knew i should have brought something i was trying to remember like oh should i bring a snack or what should i do i'm so mad i didn't next time i see both you guys and bring you guys a treat oh girl i didn't need first of all a celebratory you, thing. you did bring us a celebratory thing which is this That's- anna nicole bobblehead which is like literally i never this is authentic merch from when the show was actually on yeah and there's it's anna nicole and a little sugar pie and like Honestly, if I had this, I would never give this to anyone. <laughs> it's been sitting – it had a box and it's been sitting on my desk forever. But then I like – I'm competitive yeah. and I like a challenge. And the fact that you're always like, well, we have a Hall of Fame here. Yeah. I, it took me this long to actually figure out something that I could put in there that wasn't something that I like went out and bid on on eBay. Yes. Or like I didn't have like a happy accident where I ran into like, you know, your sister Jody Sweden. Oh, my God. Also, I sound different because I'm sick. I feel oh, like yeah. I should address that this isn't my real human voice. This is my I was scissor, so, my I was lean so voice. I was so allergenic on, uh, all week on Emotionally Broken Psychos, so you are 100% forgiven. Um, you guys, Blair, hi. Hi. I've been, <laughs> I did a recap, which I love to do, like, my favorite episodes so that when I come in and you guys reference stuff, I know. And I am uh, – I've listened to the one with – what's his name? Jack? Oh. Jack Moore. I've listened to that episode three times now. Like, really? I really, because I keep, one, I want people to call back in. So I'm waiting for, like, the comedy writer girl. The, oh, yeah. The, oh, I want, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want people to call back in, but also that episode's amazing. That's yeah, really, Jack was really that's great. That's some really good podcasting there, guys. Like, really. Like, Thanks, full entire episode. Like, I don't even know you guys. It's so good. And also, I'm a moron because I've known Jack for, like, five years. And I just was like, oh, I should have him on the podcast. Like, I'm, I know. It was like, where were you hiding that man with a good head of hair, I like, this know. whole time? I don't know. I mean, so, he's so I, mad. We, he was like, what when he moved to... LA, like, I think I was one of the first people he kind of hung out with. We got drinks at Soho House because I had known him through Twitter or whatever. And then 
just once in a while we'll see each other. And uh, he's such a great guy. And I'm so glad that for whatever reason it clicked one day that he should totally be a guest on this podcast. It was wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed that. And he handled that one question yes. really greatly. Yeah. And honestly, like, I like when people bring into the fact, like, nobody likes somebody that says, like, I'm perfect. And I was raised in this, like, really perfect household where we didn't see color. And, like, he was right. very honest. And I love that. And you, it was like... That call could have easily been met with anger and, like, fever and, like, just – it could have been, you know, like, the part where somebody gets, like, checked. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was, like, you guys were very calm about it and very chill and I I've made I it a it. personal, like, resolution of mine, like, when someone says something that pisses me off. And I've said this a million times before, but just to try and come at it with compassion because there's been so many things in my life that I haven't known or have slipped up and said something stupid or – ignorant or whatever and like it meant the world to me when someone took the time to explain to me why it was wrong as opposed to just getting mad at me because then that just scared me and made me not want to learn yeah so I've been trying to practice that as much as possible especially because you know in this climate that we're living in and we don't have to talk about the Trump presidency too much today because we did in the last episode and it's this is a break from that but in the world that we live in right now people are looking for any excuse to turn on each other or throw stones and i just don't want to be a part of that narrative you know yeah i mean i i tried to operate out of that for a long time but i feel like i reach i've reached a breaking point with my patients just because you know, as someone who deals with intersectional issues, there's a lot of things that I've had to be patient on. And I'm just kind of getting to a point where I'm just like, how do we still not know some of these things? Like, how are people still dressing in blackface? Ugh. Like, like right. I saw a prom proposal recently that someone like sent someone a bitmoji. It was a black bitmoji. And the girl turned him down. So he showed up at her house in blackface pretending to be the bitmoji. No. And, like, he's like, I don't understand why people are being so sensitive about this. And I'm just like, how in this day and age do you not know that blackface is not okay? That's I, I, that's wild. And also the worst promposal ever. Right. <laughs> like, no wonder she turned you down. Yeah. Also, life should turn you down. Um, I'm a big meat fire with fire person. But this year specifically because of race, because of just in general, I took the past year. We're probably right now reaching that year point where I decided – to stop, I think I talked to you about this, stop making things a teaching moment. I'm so sick and tired of having to be the person to sit down with somebody and be like, actually, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do this. This is why you're wrong. Or when people clearly want to debate and they're like, well, let's talk about like racism. And like, do oh, you I think- won't debate. Oh, right. I won't. So no, I've decided no. I'm only using any time or effort or bandwidth that I have to either make sure the mic gets handed to somebody that has a voice that isn't necessarily heard or talk with people that I feel like need the opportunity to express themselves. I'm not doing teachable moments. If you are a privileged person who has the opportunity to Google, I'm not the person you should talk to. Well, and there's also that that crux that kind of Molly was talking about where is, if the conver- if, what is the conversation going to be? Is it going to be like you are genuinely interested in trying to learn like why this is wrong? Or are you trying to debate? Right. This Which thing? Yes. I feel like most people already come with like the they, the need to like get their voice heard and acknowledged. And because you know. with some people like when they when someone says like, oh, I'm not a feminist because I love men. Like, I don't, I feel like they fundamentally don't understand. And so there's not going to be a debate because it's like, as soon as you say to them, no, it's about equality for all. Right. They're like, oh, really? Like, I have found that a lot, which I used to just like blow up and be like, what the fuck do you mean you're a fucking (laughs) feminist? What do you think? Like, you know, I would just like blow up. But 
No, I do. I think that's really interesting. And I also, you know, I think it's, I think it's good when humans can have like a one-on-one conversation because that is the thing that when someone can read something and take something away from it, that's not there. Um, But when you're looking at a person in the eyes, it's harder to not be like, okay, okay, I understand. I understand. And and maybe I'm just assuming that everyone, more people are like me and they're like empathetic. And when they see someone in pain or upset, they're listening. But I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know the answer. I just, you know, love you guys. Love is love, guys. Love is love. Happy pride. Um, yeah. Blair. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited yeah. that it's Pride Month, you guys. Yeah, this is guys. the first time I've actually felt like ownership of my, of my Pro- pride you're in proud this area. Of, you're proud. I'm going to LA Pride stuff on Saturday. Are you going to see my boy, Bye. Aaron Carter? Yeah, I'm going to go see Aaron Carter, Brandy, oh, and Chromio perform. Ooh, That's so fun. Maybe not Brandy. Yeah, no, I'm just. Maybe yeah. she's still in the hospital, guys. Oh, what happened? What? Oh, Oh, I have some news. Yeah, Brandy last night, she got off a flight and was like she passed out mid-flight. And apparently it's from exhaustion or something. I bet. Um, Exactly. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Anyway, I'm excited to go to Pride. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. For the first time in my life. This is your first Pride. And by the way, Pride is so much fun. It's like I used to live like walking distance to where Pride was set up. And it's just so much fun. And it's for everyone. And it's. Just it's like you really get to see in L.A. like what this city is made of. And there are a lot of definitely like things in L.A. that people assume are much more liberal than we are. And there's people. But Pride is one day, one weekend anyway, that like it's just a fucking blast. It's just a blast. And it's about the community. That's what I like. I like that it doesn't feel as I know we've talked about this before about there not being the opportunity, especially with like gay clubs for women. There are no more lesbian clubs that exist 24 seven. So it's nice to go out there and see the community in mass as opposed to just like being able to find the group of women at the Abbey or the group of guys at some like brunch spot. Like this is like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's together. Everybody is living their best. Yeah. I've been really enjoying like inhabiting gay spaces. Like I've been going to more gay nightclubs and like gay club, gay bars and stuff like that. And it's just been really, it's just, the vibe is completely different like you can just be you you don't have to worry about like like ooh, am i wearing the right thing yep. or like you know is this person gonna like follow me through the the bar because they don't want to leave me alone. like you don't have to That's worry about I've those things loved gay bars throughout all of my 20s is because i never a went safe space it's yeah. like a safe space to be yourself i feel like a, a big reason why i got to be myself was because I hung out with people who fought to be themselves. Yeah. And that is only, in, you know, nourished my life and like nourished being, a, you know, you just, you'll, you'll continue to learn. It's feeling safe in a bar setting. Right. It's crazy. It's, it's blown my mind. You guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts to feel safe in a bar setting. On top of that, being able to like hit on somebody or look at somebody and know that there's no risk. Do you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like when you're shopping and you see somebody that you're like, oh, hey, but when you're in that setting, you, Nine times out of ten, unless you're, like, a friend of a friend, like, you can be like, girl, what's up? Oh, yeah. I'm like, is this girl being friendly or is she – like, there's no question. It's probably – yes. The answer is probably yes. That's right. (laughs) That is right. And you know what else is right? Our calls. Let's take them. (laughs) Hi, Malls. Uh, My name's what – I have been unemployed for a little bit and – finally got a job I was limited because I was so depressed that I was smoking weed as much as I could 
so I couldn't pass a drug test. I still can't. Um, my friend is having a big birthday party coming up in a couple weeks, and I just figured I should not worry about staying sober because I'm definitely going to have fun on her birthday. But I don't know. Thanks. Well, that was something. Um, So there's really no question there, but Christina, being the diligent producer, she has reached out to Wit, and they had a text conversation this morning where she asked a real question. She said, I was like, hey, can you add some more context to this? And and she responded, I was stoned when I left the message. Ha, 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 ha. I had lost track. I was wanting to ask if I should wait till after my friend's birthday a week away to start my sober, sober journey or if I should start now. The job I have now is in fast food and I want a better one. Ah. Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. If this is a question you're asking about, the answer is is that this sobriety thing is probably not going to be easy for you. A normal, just so you know, like a, a quote-unquote normal person doesn't worry about when they are going to drink or smoke pot or whatever. And actually, that might be hard for you to believe because that's been a consuming thing for you. But believe it or not, a lot of people do not worry about not drinking or not smoking pot. So... I would say set yourself up for a win yeah, and do what you would do where it's like you wouldn't show up on a date hammered, right? So don't go to a job interview knowing that you're going to fail the drug test. Um, And if you are planning on doing a lot of drugs or whatever at your friend's birthday party, which I think temptation will probably be hard for you to avoid, um, just just wait till after. I was – oh. I have the complete opposite advice. Okay. I think this might be the first time. Um, so I have friends that do cleanses. They do like a yearly thing. They do it for religion. And what I found from them is normalizing the experience. So trying to like as be as sober as you can. Like if you slip up at your friend's birthday party, knowing that that's not your deadline. Let's say like the deadline is the next week. But go to that experience so that you don't end up cutting yourself off. Because I feel like – the easiest way to like fuck up sobriety is because you made the excuse of why well, now I want to go to another friend's party and they're going to drink there. They're going to smoke there. They're going to do whatever. So like, let's throw this out the window as opposed to knowing that you can be in a space where people are doing that and you're just not. So yeah. my advice would be try it out for your friend's birthday. Try to do it. Everybody operates differently. There are people that need to pull back and pull away and, to have their sober journey by themselves and just kind of pick up something different, find a new hobby, find a new group of people to hang out with, find something new, change kind of your life a oh, little bit. Oh, your friends will change, especially yeah. if you know that there's no way you're not going to your best friend's birthday party and getting fucked up. Yeah. Like your friends will change when you get sober. And that's something that, you know, you start to realize like, oh, maybe, you know, yeah, I have fun with that person, but maybe our relationship was more based on the fact that we kind of bonded over drinking together or, like, getting high together. And uh, that's a stunning realization. I will say that I don't know that this girl has that self-control that you are suggesting she might have. Like, I even would say to this girl, you know, maybe give it a shot. Maybe try – maybe give N.A. or something like that. You're going to go in and hear a lot of things that you're like, that doesn't apply to me. Like, well, I never did heroin, so it's not that bad. Or my rock bottom wasn't that bad to me. Right. And a lot of people have what's called a high bottom, which means that, like, your bottom is not being, like, 
out of an apartment, getting fired from your job, having your kid taken away, whatever it is. For some people, a high bottom is just like the looming threat of I can see where this is going and it's not pretty. And if you sense, if you see already that the way that you live your life is affecting your job, you can, you're an intelligent person, I assume. And I think that you probably can see like, I mean, the way that she's talking, I can just tell that this girl is not going to be able to go into a situation where people are doing drugs and partying and be able to avoid it. Just stay away from it. Okay. I mean, that. Fair. although that's a great that's a great thing for, like, someone – you're also very, like, Blair, like, you're very controlled. Like, I've been out with you, and I've, I've just, seen uh, you have one drink and be done. I've gone out with you, and everyone else is drinking, and you're like, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. Because I have a fear that I play that – which is probably a weird addiction in and of itself. I don't like feeling like I'm a slave to something. Uh-huh. So that Same. freaks me out if I feel like I'm getting too – addicted to something or if i'm like if i need it like the same thing with like smoking yeah people bug out when i'll just be like oh yeah i didn't smoke for however many weeks yeah like what how do you do that but it that's what freaks me out maybe it's like a control thing that's what freaks me out so yeah i'm probably approaching this from the thing that i oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say i'm actually a little bit concerned because you mentioned that you're depressed as well and i and i worry that like maybe you're using the drugs to uh, avoid dealing with that larger issue and yeah. so like maybe sobriety would be a good thing to finally confront these things that are making you depressed or your overall depression. and weed is a depressant by the way yeah. like for certain people it's not and you probably think because when you're high you're fine you feel great um <laughs> because your brain is shut off a little bit or you're open to a new thing there's also a lot of people who can't smoke weed when they're depressed because they can't deal with the thoughts that pop up. So there's a few few ways that that goes. But um, I will say that I think that there's an opportunity for you to go to a doctor and get on an antidepressant, which I think is going to be important if you're in a workplace anyway. Ask a doctor. Say, I've been depressed. I've been self-medicating with weed. You know, I know that I feel this way. So, like, do you think that maybe something there's something that will help me? And for me, it was, and I'm not telling you any sort, never take my advice because everyone's body works differently on specific medications. But I will say what I realized was a lot of my depression was stemming from the fact that I wasn't happy with the amount of work I was doing. Even though I was working a lot, I just wasn't working as much as I could. And so while Butrin really helped that because it's not just to treat depression is to treat uh, wellness, overall well-being. And um, getting up every morning and like showering and doing my hair and getting dressed every day, even if I'm just going to go sit behind my computer in my office, I feel like a different person. And that was great for me. It gave me a little bit of self-esteem. It helped me. You know, I say this all the time. The only way to get self-esteem is by impressing yourself. And I think that this is an amazing opportunity for you to impress yourself and to take care of yourself. And there's plenty of resources for public, you know, there's public health resources for a therapist, depression medication, stuff like that. Um, you know, if you have to spend, if it's a $400 appointment, I mean, girl, you probably spend $400 a month on weed. So like go to the doctor and and really like maybe look at that because you, the last thing you would want is to get into a job that you love and then lose it because you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so back – and also back to the marijuana test. So there are several factors that – um factor into when you test positive yeah so if you're a heavy user like it comes down to your weight body fat your frequency of use and so heavy users can report testing positive from anywhere between two to five hours to 45 to 90 days yeah 
So you you should probably, if you really want to find a new job, get sober as soon as you can. Because yeah. Because you have a long window of, like, testing before you test negative. And also, you just don't want to put yourself through that anxiety. I remember so many people, like – like freaking out, going to GNC, spending yeah. all this money, getting some sort of out. detox oh, thing, God. and then like failing the drug test anyway. And like the hours and days around the drug test were hell for them. Yeah. So um, just, you know, do everything you can to set yourself up for a win, you know? Yeah. And depending on what kind of friends you have, sometimes honesty helps. Uh-huh. I I like telling friends what's going on and like having them check me if I feel like I might be in like a slippery place. So... Go ahead. Tell Who's going to check me, boo? Right. I mean, to be like, yo, so-and-so, you know, wit has a test coming up. Like, don't smoke around her. Or, you know, like, not not in the sense of, like, they're alienating you, but, like, trying to, like, big up you. Like, get a good job. Support like, you. Yeah, your friend should be excited. Like, if it's to get a better job or stay out of jail, shit, it doesn't matter. Like, the fact that they're your friends mean that they care about you or they should care about you. So trying to stay sober to better your life only is something that should be celebrated. One thing we run into LA that's like kind of a lateral example that just like popped into my mind when you said this is like in LA, there are friends that will help you drink and drive and there are friends that will refuse to let you drink and drive. And like, and that's the kind of friend you need right now is you need the person that's like, if you're going to do this, then you need to take a lift or we're going to find a place to drop your car or whatever or we'll like deal with the toffee in the morning or whatever. But like, there's also people that will sit with you and drink knowing full well that you drove yourself there and let you get behind the wheel six beers in and like that fucks up your fucking life, you know? So, uh, yeah, you'll find out who your friends are and, most people have experience with this. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be so shocked, right. especially if they're getting high anyway. So, I mean, you might it might help to be honest. Yeah. And um, there's also lots of jobs that don't drug test, by the way. There are. Um, I don't know, man. It's I tough. believe in wit. wit. I believe in wit. I believe in you, girl. What I would like to do is hear from you in the next 90 days. And I would like to get a call back from you saying where you're at, if you're still smoking all the time, if you have a job. I want to keep up with you because I think that this you could be a good role model for Please Advise Nation. You could be a story that we can continue to follow. Um, And I think you're fucking awesome. And I think you're honest and cool. And a lot of people lie about who they are. And you didn't call here and lie about who you are. So you will always be a hero in my book just because you can look at yourself and say, this is what I do. I'm guilty of it. I'm not thrilled about it, but I also am not judging myself. Right. I mean, you know? the fact that you're calling to better your life and get a job, like, the only thing is this job market is hard as shit. So if you can get sober and that means that you'll get a job where you can get tested and, and you know, get that job, go for it. If you don't get the first job you go out for right away, hold your head up high because you're still doing more for yourself than most people would do for themselves or their friends or anything else. So Absolutely. And everyone moves at different speeds too. You know what? You might be fucked up through age 27, wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill my career right now. Like I'm going to go out and be a career woman now. Like some people just wake up at different times. So be patient and thoughtful with yourself and also remember that we are not experts on any given subject and that I really recommend you speak to a doctor maybe try going to an NA meeting like just because you go to an NA meeting doesn't mean that you are addicted to drugs even it just means that you think that you want to quit um and just hearing other people's stories can be really helpful yeah and nobody is looking I know it's hard for people especially if you don't have friends that'll go with you for the first time it's hard to just be like, I'm going to go do this random thing by myself. It 
those meetings, nobody is looking around. That's the whole point of the anonymous part. Like everybody's there in their own truth, living their own life. Some people are further along in their sobriety than others. It'll be, there'll be a lot of people whose first time it is. Don't feel pressured. It's not like church where they're going to be like, is this your first time here? Stand up and everyone's looking at you. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to stand up. It's a loving and supporting environment. So yeah, yeah, try out a meeting or two. They keep it that way on purpose because they want you to know it's a resource. You can come back. You can go and eat some good ass coffee. You can have good ass coffee and bomb ass sweets. They always have cookies and cakes. Delicious. Um, well, thank you so much, but remember to call us back 323-450-7408. You have Christina's, uh, information as well. So just keep in touch with us because I care about you girl. And again, just like hats off to you for being an honest, real person. Um, 323-450-7408. Let's take our next call. Hi, Molly. This is Tia. Um, I live in South Carolina, and I've been here most of my life, but I lived in Wisconsin for a while, went to college up there. And long story short, um, I have a friend from college that lives out in L.A., and he invited me to come live out there. So I'm going to move out there in like three weeks, and I'm super nervous but also super excited. And um, I'm just trying to get some advice because – my friend actually is he just got a job in Hawaii, so and his girlfriend is moving to LA as well. And so he offered me to stay with his girlfriend while he's in Hawaii for a few months, which is awesome. I have somewhere to stay for free um, in a shitty little apartment in like basically in Koreatown um, from how he describes it to me, which is great. I don't really care. I just want to get away from here. I've been here most of my life, like I said. Um, and I only moved back out of necessity, but I'm just trying to get some advice on, you know, what's it like in LA when you don't really know anybody. And now that my friend's going to be in Hawaii, I'm going to be like in this little apartment with him and his girlfriend who I've met a couple of times, um, but don't really know her very well. And I'm just kind of nervous about that. And neither one of us really know how to get around LA and, how to navigate and we both have these dogs and I don't know just any advice on being in LA for the first time with a basically a stranger and how I don't know how that's gonna go and a little backstory too is that um the friend who invited me out there he and I used to be like low-key FWB back in the day um so I don't know if it's going to be weird. Like, I mean, this was years ago, like a few years ago, so it shouldn't really have any bearing on this. But it's just like he's like, oh, at first he was like, oh, you can stay with me and my girlfriend. And it's just like, mm, not in the one bedroom. That's a little crowded. Um, but now that he's going to be gone, he's like, oh, well, now you and Leah can chill. And, yeah, we have rhyming names, she and I. So that's another element of, of weirdness kind of. But, yeah, I just. Do you have any advice on moving to LA with a dog with someone that you barely know? Uh, please advise. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, by the way, I love the podcast and I appreciate everything you do. I've been a fan of you since Tumblr and everything. So thanks. Okay, bye. 
Tia and this girl are gonna be fucking. All right, Christina and Blair both went to that. That didn't even occur (laughs) to me. I had in my notes because I do log lines for these calls for my inventory, but also for to help Molly. You're like secret lesbian moving. No, I wrote this sounds like a goddamn sitcom. Tia and Leah sounds like a goddamn sitcom. Yeah, I ship them. Yeah, I ship them too. Yes, that is totally you. Totally ship them like. These two ex-girlfriends of this one guy move into an apartment together and yeah. they find each other or, or like maybe it takes a season for them to find each other and all season long. There's like Tumblr fan fix yeah. about these two fucking. There's like illustrations. Yeah. I love it when you like Google like family guy porn and you just see a picture <laughs> of like Lois straight up open legged with like Stewie going down on her or whatever. That's, and you're just like, damn, like people- that's why. They had to stop looking up like Steven Universe stuff because yeah. the guy oh, yes. went from it went from being like sweet to straight up being like, yo, y'all need to get your like keep it out of this purity. Like, I get that they're crystal gems and I get they get together, but like they don't need they to be like, gonna, like wait, 60. What? what is this thing? Oh, Steven Universe. What the fuck is that? So it's oh. a cartoon. It's a very LGBT friendly yes. cartoon. Why are y'all uh, like shocked that I don't know about a, a cartoon? I'm 33. It's wonderful. It's really popular on the internet. It's it's amazing. But the problem is, so the gems do get together. Y'all are both nerds, though, so there's that. There's that. There is that. But the gems get together, which I get, but they don't need to be, like, 69ing each other. Like, I don't need to see that. Right, I feel like Tumblr's gone a little too far. Like, I don't need to know, like, what, you know, Ruby's dildo looks like. It is Like, Ruby with a strap on is something I don't need to see. (laughs) I don't even know what this is, and I'm like, this is, oh, that's crossing the line. (laughs) It is. Um, It is. But she (laughs) would be a top exactly Um, aggressive ruby so yeah just so our audience knows that aggressive ruby that should be the name this episode um but okay it is shocking first of all just will say this that you can google any cartoon and then porn after and And there is a picture of like oh i'm sure there's like rugrats porn which is that's scary because they're babies (laughs) but you know what in this sex situation, they're grown sexy. But like what Christina's like Googling right now, she's like can't even wait to go. She's, this is wonderful. Christina's rubbing one out underneath the card table for, that we're on. For poor. Yeah. This, uh, this is the new, this There's is the awakening. Like, what? Oh. By the time we finish this question, Christina will have climaxed. But um, the first thing that I would say to you, uh, no, not wit. Tia. Uh, Tia. The Tia first thing I would Leah say to you. Tia, you big old les. Uh, the first thing I would say to you, sorry, I this narrative has to stop. Um, <laughs> if I were you moving into this situation, my first question to your friend who's giving you this free space is, does uh, Leah. Leah know that you used to be my friend with benefits? Yes. Because bitches are petty. Yep. Uh, also, like, you know, I mean, I would say even non-petty girls I know don't love to think about or want to hang out with someone that is their ex is penet or their boyfriend is penetrated. Yep. Um, I will say that I'm fascinated by this scenario in which this man invites you to come out to LA and live in his place for free. It's not even like he needs a house sitter. No, he's like, I'm going to be out. And then he says, Oh, like, you can still stay at my place, but I'm going to Hawaii for a job. And my girlfriend's moving out here, too, and she's not from here. So the girlfriend's first time in Los Angeles will also be Tia's first time in Los Angeles. I do have to wonder if there's, like, some sort of sick manipulation going on on his end where he's like, get these girls together in an apartment, get them close. I come back from my job in Hawaii, and it's, like, threesome central. Poly situation? Ooh. Yeah, or, yeah, like, they're a triad or, like, whatever. They just, like, fuck casually. Um, you know, I always say this is that 
no matter how you move to LA and no matter who you know, and also fuck your friend for dissing Koreatown. That is a perfectly acceptable place oh, to live. Yeah. I lived there for five years. I fucking loved it. Christina lived there. It was great. It's also on the come up. There's a lot of chic places opening up there right now. There's it's, a it's lot great. more walkable than we, bars, like yeah. awesome things. You near have Metro. access to the subway. Yeah. yeah, no, and like Christina, there wasn't a lot of like, especially Americanized things around there when we lived there. Like a lot of it was like, Okay, like, I guess this is a restaurant, but it's also, like, no one here speaks English. It was very – now there's so many, like, Americanized shops, and there's also the Line Hotel at Vermont in uh, Wilshire. And because of the Line, which is, like, kind of, like, a Koreatown version of the Standard or something, um, I've stayed there. It's beautiful. And it's not too expensive either. They've done a lot of shops around there to accommodate people. If I – I mean, I was probably too broke to go drink at a hotel, but if I lived in Koreatown now, I would be at the line, like, every weekend at the bar. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, kind of, I realize, is, like, turns into, like, a poppin' club on the weekends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Break 86 or something like that? There's, yeah. like, some sort of 80s bar there. Like, uh, Max Wyatt, fat guy, and I were there one night, and he was like, I'm terrified for you he's like he's like you're staying here tonight i'm like yeah and i was like i kind of want to go party in there he's like honey no like it just it gets very like it gets very hype so um i always say a thing about la is that even if you move your knowing no one no one or knowing someone tangentially um my first girlfriend in la actually like wound up leaving la because she had some like mental health stuff But I had this girl that I ran around with for my entire first year in L.A. We met each other through my college boyfriend's twin brother's roommate. They went – they grew up together in Ohio and remained, like, kind of buddies. And so whenever he would come out here, uh, he would say, like, oh, let's bring her along. I don't want to say her name. And uh, she and I wound up having this, like, amazingly tight friendship that, like, outlasted my boyfriend and I breaking up. And – You know, there's something so magical and special. And Christina and I are both transplants. Blair is from here, so I'd love to hear your POV. And, of course, yours as well. I always say to people, like, just make friends. Like, just if if you see someone and you guys are even remotely getting along, just say, like, hey, do you want to go get a drink? Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of friends that don't stick around for the long run when you first move to LA, but you do need to break your teeth on some LA friends. And this is where, you know, this is why the city is great is because, because we have to drive around to get places because, you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass to go out to begin with. Like people are usually friendly when you're out. Yeah. And so Everyone I've like, even if I've met someone and I've gone out with them and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to be long term friends with them. They've been a lily pad in a non user way to the next phase of my life. Um, Tumblr was hugely helpful to both Christina and I because back then they were doing meetups all the time. Um, So one thing I would also suggest to you is we have a pretty good Emotionally Broken Psychos um, community here in L.A. Yeah. And they do a lot of meetups. Uh, Ryan Bailey usually runs them. I can't always go to them. I've been at one here. But pretty much like every two or three weeks, like they're meeting up at Rock and Riley's and getting drinks or going to Sir or Pump or whatever. Also, randomly, a girl that works, we Hello Giggles share space with another company. And people randomly, somebody basically that sits across from me went to a meetup. So it's not like, don't feel awkward. Don't feel weirded out by anybody because they are the nicest, most genuine people. Now I 
can like talk to her about like cool things. Well, I that met also- both of these women through the internet, yeah. you know, and we could have met up and not clicked in person or whatever. But like technically we all, I know both of you from the internet and it's a great place to meet friends. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry, honey. I was saying that um, that the, what Blair was saying, like, don't feel like – don't get in your head about being awkward because what we've learned from this podcast is that everyone does from the same problems. And yep. so everyone is in their head about being awkward. Yeah. Yes. It also, L.A., everybody's a freaking transplant. Like, I am rare. I am born and raised here. But I did live in New York for a long period of time. And that was the same thing. I went there not knowing anybody and went with a friend, not knowing where we were going to live, where should I live. And it's nice to have a friend there at home because you can always turn to that person and be like, so those drinks tonight, right? Like they were 25 each. Like, oh, okay. We just spent like, you know, bill money on alcohol. Like just those moments where you're like, oh, okay. People here do weird things because we're not from here. So it's weird to us for now. But it's also nice to be able to go somewhere new, have no expectations. LA is a lot more chill than I would say people think it is. So you're... Tia, you're starting on a really good foot. You have a friend at home who will also hopefully share the same experiences of like the weird parts of LA where you're just like, yeah, so we ended up in like some weird sex club accidentally. Like that'll (laughs) happen. You know, like you'll walk into somewhere and you can walk right back out because you don't know anybody. So it doesn't matter. But at the same time, you'll be meeting new people. I want to end up in a weird sex club. I mean, keep it up with the Googling of of (laughs) cartoon porn you are. God knows what Christine is on over there. I I put it in a private browser. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. Well, I didn't even know you could do that, pervert. Nice to know. Um, But um, so uh, one thing I also want to say about L.A. that you kind of touched on, but I want to like really drive this home, is that it is fucking small. So even though it is a big city, like the fact that some girl who listens to my podcast happens to work in the same office as Blair. Like directly across from Who I've known for eight years. Like that or more than that now. And then, um, you know – uh, Angela Ronaldo is someone I think of where it's like she and I worked together once at a gig. Holy shit. Do you know her? Yeah. Not only do is I know. You, wait, see? you guys. No, see? no, no. You're going to bug the fuck out. So I go to Starbucks every day. Like, guys, I know yeah. that's a thing. Most people don't know about Starbucks, but it's on the come up. You guys should check it out. <laughs> um, I go to Starbucks every day. I do these Facebook lives for Hello Giggles and stuff. And one of the women at Starbucks is like, oh, your nails always change. I'll follow you on Facebook Live and I'll watch it. And she said, oh, you're friends with my niece. And I was like, who's your niece? Angela. Oh, no Angela's way. aunt and I, Angela's mom, sister, and I go to the same Starbucks. She was just a nice lady in front of me for years now. Like, we both have to be at work by, like, 9. So we get our Starbucks at, like, 8.30. Like, we see each other all the time. She's nice. She's, like, crazy and cool, just like Angela. Yep. Random small town. LA. It's a random small town. And like, and these are people I have purposely not mentioned, like all of like the UCB people yeah. and all of these incestual kind of communities, which are really great to join if you're interested in them. But there is like kind of a community for anything and anybody right now. And yep. you'll run into people at yoga classes, like my friend Terry that I've known for fucking ever that I met through my friends that I met online. Uh, Terry, not only does he, do I go to Tons of jobs I go into. They're like, you know Terry? And I'm like, how do you know I know Terry? Like, right. it'll be crazy. Or like once I went to just like Silver Lake Yoga, which I hate because the floor looks like ramen noodles. I was like, I go in and I see Terry there. And I'm like, oh my, like you just for a city that is so big and so daunting in so many ways, you will run into the same people over and over again. And I think it was like, not to name drop, but I think Justine Bateman said to me when I was 25, she said, Look around you right now 
and look at the people who are in your life and the people that you see their work on Tumblr or whatever. And she's like, those are the people you are going to know for the rest of your life. And here I am eight years later, still tripping over those people in a great way. And yeah. it's like really lovely. And Twitter has made the world smaller. Yep. And, you know, there's just plenty of ways to go find someone interesting. Yeah. I I recommend getting your Tinder going right when you get here because even just going out on dates yeah. gets you out of the house. It gets you to different parts of the city. You know, it can it'll be good for you to see other parts of the city. So maybe if you want to move there in an ideal world someday, you can do that. I had a small, a brief job in Glendale and that's why I bought my house here is because it reminded me of home. And so. it's wonderful. And you're also starting out on another really good foot. You're in the middle of everything. K-Town is in the middle of everything. You're by the 10 yeah. freeway. You're by, like, you're... Convenience-wise, yeah. you're set. Yeah, you didn't make that beach mistake that I did when oh, I first no. moved out here and realized that, like, yeah, it's nice to be by the beach, but you're so far away from everything. The L.A. beach cliche. Yeah. I yeah. live 10 minutes from the beach. Never. I've never been like, I'm driving the I'm beach. glad we're talking about this beach thing now, that this has been coming up. It came up on Jack's episode, too. And I'm glad we're talking about this because it's always bothered me that, like, people feel the need to literally, like, wash their asshole in the ocean every day. It's not a thing. And I'm just LA like, people. why are you spending so much money to live so far away for a beach that you can just drive to? Also, drive if, to it. if you're spending that much money, that means you're working pretty hard. Like, unless you're, like, independently wealthy or, like, a trust fund kid, which means you're probably not going to want to go to the fucking beach because you're tired because right. you're working. So, And expensive. I do know there are people that live there because it's a peace of mind. Like, my yeah. friend Sunny, when we worked on Two Broke Girls, we would, like, kind of joke that he had to drive, like, an hour and a half to work both ways every day. But... He needs it to create on the on the weekends. And, you know, when you are working all the time, you learn to really value your weekends. And so he would want to be in that environment. And so I just recommend that to you as well as like figure out what part of the city you want to be in, where your friends are. And just also don't take it personally when you see your friend groups turning over because your friend groups will turn over many times here. Yep. And it's very rare that like. Like, basically, these two women in front of me right now, they're, like, two of the last standing. Ed is up there. Like, I still, I mean, I, I have friends. But, like, <laughs> but these are the ones I've known for a really long time. And there was friends that I've been friends with while I've been friends with you that I no longer oh, really associate with. You've seen, yeah. Like, I can imagine, like, um, like when we first started hanging out, the places that we'd go and be like, oh, these are my friends. Like, to where I am now. Like, those aren't the same people. I don't do the same things. Like, that what will change. What to that one guy again? You don't have to say his name. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, he had to go. Oh, oh, he's away. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So you have a lot of friends here. Sometimes you can be friends for 10 years in Ireland. But yeah, it's, it's uh, it's something that's great about this city is that also you'll just never stop meeting people who are in your same shoes. And you're sharing a bed with Leah. <laughs> oh, that was probably why I drew that narrative. Yeah, there's a like, one, one bedroom, bedroom. with Leah oh. and their dogs. Guys, I ship this with Christina so hard. I, I don't not ship it. I just want to find out if what's his face from Hawaii has told Leah or yeah, has told Leah about Tia's intimacy with him. Yeah, that's that's uncomfortable because even if it was a long time ago, I still think you don't want to be the one like drunkenly having wine with her and revealing this and just being like, oh, you oh, you didn't know. OK. Right. Or right. having that be like the thing hanging over your friendship. So then it's like like 
you know, however many months in you tell her. And she's like, why the fuck didn't you tell me this before? Like, it's just. She's probably going to be insecure anyway because her boyfriend's moving to Hawaii as soon as she gets yeah. here. Um, But I would never want to wake up with some person over my face and then have to like, you know what I mean? Like you open your eyes and this bitch is staring at you in your eyes being like, you fucked my man. Right. And you had no, you had no like saying when it was coming. And yeah. No, yeah. That's how I'm envisioning it. She's sleeping on the couch and one morning she blinks her eyes open and, and Leah's just staring her dead in her eye sockets with like a crazy look on her face. And she's like, you let my man penetrate you. There you go. Because her man's on Hawaii time and he called early. Yeah. He yeah. called He called early and was like, you know I used to fuck Tia, right? Uh, anyway, good luck, girl. And just remember, we're all here for you at Please Advise Nation. Please Advise Nation, if you want to hang out with Tia, uh, maybe we can set you up via email. Yeah. Love you guys. Uh, or love you, girl. And uh, let's do another call. Tia and Leah. Hi, Malls and Christina. I'm calling um, about a friend issue. There was a girl um, who I went to college with who I considered one of my very best friends, and we remained close after college as well um, until about a year and a half ago. Uh, my boyfriend, um, his brother passed away, and I really dropped everything to be there for him, and I really strongly believe that that's what I should have done at the time. Um, so, you know, because of that, I kind of, you know, canceled a lot of the times that she and I had arranged to hang out. And I mean, she probably felt like I was blowing her off, but I felt like I had a really big priority that I needed to tend to. I mean, my boyfriend was devastated, obviously, and I felt like I needed to be there for him. Um, then a month later was my birthday. The past two years, I had planned her birthday party, you know, like big shebang, the whole deal, dinner reservations, going to the club, getting bottles after, whatever. I planned it all. Uh, I told her that I wanted to do something a bit more low-key after everything that happened. I was just, you know, just wanted to be with my close friends. And she, basically, I felt like she blew off the whole thing and just didn't even care. She suggested, oh, let's just barbecue on your roof with, like, me and my boyfriend and her and her boyfriend. Uh, this I don't know. That's like a double date, not a birthday party. You know, I didn't really need a lot, but I just wanted to be with friends. And so, I don't know, in that regard, I felt like she was kind of disappointing to me. But anyways, so, um, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of, um, you know, it, I kept trying to like hit her up and try to find time to hang out with her. It seemed like we could never find a time to hang out. Um, and she kept saying, she's busy, she's busy. And so finally I asked her, you know, are you mad at me? And she texted me back, you know, no, I'm not. I'm just really busy and sorry, I won't have time to hang out until April. That was December when she said that. And then the following week was New Year's Eve and she had a New Year's Eve party at her house and she invited a bunch of people that she had met through me and did not invite me. Um, so, I mean, obviously that was really upsetting to me. I really felt like I needed a friend and she knew it and I didn't understand why she wasn't there for me when I had always been there for her. Um, so yeah, fast forward to a year and a half later, uh, we still don't talk. <laughs> we have, you know, I mean, and I, I did try to reach out to her, um, this January and she didn't text me back. Um, so it's like super awkward because we do have a lot of mutual friends. We went to a really small college together. Uh, we live in the same. 
I was just leaving a message. I guess I talked too long. Um, basically, um, I was talking about my best friend from college who has been blowing me off. And um, it's really awkward now. We have mutual friends. Um, I saw her at a concert because we live in a big city. I wouldn't think that I would bump into her so much. I did. And I like kind of tried to catch her eye and she pretended like she didn't see me. And so I guess I'm just asking what to do. Um, you know, it's like I want to be her friend again, but I'm not sure that I'll ever be able to trust her. I know I just like should not care, but every time she's with my friends and they like tag something on Facebook or Instagram, like I cry and feel super left out and it just really sucks. Um, you know, it's really upsetting to me because I would think that we were good enough friends that she could just tell me what was wrong and we could move on instead of doing this whole thing where she's just going to like drop me and ghost me and never talk to me again. That's just crazy. So I guess I'm asking, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, how do I stop caring? (laughs) I, I wish I could not care. And it's like a year and a half later, I should be over it by now. But it still upsets me when I see that she's hanging out with friends that are mutual friends and like I don't know I just feel left out I unfollowed her but I obviously am not going to unfollow my friends (laughs) and um I don't know it just makes me feel super awkward and um I don't really know what to do and I wish I could not care as much and if you have any advice I'd really appreciate it sorry if I gave too many details (laughs) all right thanks bye okay so I'm sympathetic for roughly 25% of this call. Um, And I'll tell you the parts that I'm sympathetic for, and then I need you to help me really, really fucking help me. So one, I think your boyfriend's brother dying is so fucking unfortunate, and it's one of those experiences that no one knows exactly the right way to handle it. And it's also one of those experiences that I would imagine because I've never had a brother die, but I've had very close family members die. For example, like my grandparents basically raised me. And when my grandparents passed in the same week, um, I had a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, no, my grandmother died, too. It was really sad. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like this isn't some lady that like lived in Florida that like sent me five dollars on my birthday. Like this isn't even someone that like you know, just lived in my house like this. My grandmother was the love of my life. And I can imagine that you feel that way about a brother too. Oh my God. I'm like (laughs) getting choked up a little bit, but, um, no one knows how to handle these things perfectly. So I always think when someone is dealing with bereavement and grief and all that stuff, um, you have to kind of give them a pass. If you're a sympathetic person, you have to kind of give them a pass because, Everyone deals with it differently and it's, you know, it's hard to imagine until you're in that situation, which hopefully you never will be. So I understand that part of it and I think that your friend could have been a little bit more sympathetic to you. However, I don't like that you were continuing to make plans and weren't a clear communicator and saying that right now I'm trying to be around my boyfriend as much as possible. He's dealing with stuff. So, you know, if we make a plan, can it, I hope it can be a penciled in one because I might have to bail. And I think that that is a mature thing to do when you're going through a lot. Um, you know, like there have been times where like when I was working on Two Broke Girls, I never knew 
without fail what time I was going to get out of work. Right. So I could rarely make plans and I would always have to like preface everything with like, well, this might happen and this might happen, but just but let's try and get dinner at seven. Yeah. Um I also I am also one of these people, and I think there's two types of people in this category. I'm also one of those people that when I introduce a friend to a bunch of my friends, I get weirded out when they all hang out without me and like especially if they don't say anything like I got mad at Christina about that before I think I got I think I got mad at you two for hanging out <laughs> but like my thing was that I, I was just like well why didn't you tell me it wasn't that I needed to be there it just was like I felt I was like well are you guys hiding this from me and so there's some people that are in that school there's other people that it's like they don't even think about it yeah you know yeah. what I mean there's two yeah. two types in that world and I am not I tr- I can re- I realize that if there's one thing that I can be a little bit selfish with, it's people. Like I, well, that's your family. Won't give anyone anything. Like yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you want my dress? Take it. But like, <laughs> if it comes to a friend or a relationship, I'm just I don't like to feel like they don't, like their secrets or something. Yeah. So, but that can be a little bit babyish on my part. And but I can understand that. For I I will tell you, caller, that I understand why you when you find out something on social media about your own friends all together it hurts it hurts there's no yeah there's no advice that can help that that is gonna hurt and to your greater question which is like how do i get over this um you know if i could answer that i would be a bajillionaire i would be running around the country doing seminars i mean sometimes it just takes a lot of fucking time but i do think you should Either write your friend a very clear letter. Yep. Really apologetic and explaining and saying, like, I wasn't a clear communicator when, you know, whatever your boyfriend's name was sick. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know how to deal with that. I, we'll get to the birthday party in a minute because oh, you're a disaster for that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. And you need to, like, own up to it. Like, I'm owning up to you two right now why I've got mad about this. I I can be selfish when it comes to my friends. And it's Same. because I love them. Yeah. And when I see them all hanging out, and I'm, especially if I introduce them, I'm like, what about well, why, me? Why don't you want me to be there? Yeah. Like, or, or, like, or why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Because sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't want to be there anyway. <laughs> right. But I'm just no, like. No, agreed. Yeah. Like, I don't go to breakfast. But, like, but then I'll be like, well, what, but well, like, why didn't you just send a text being like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to go see Blair right. or whatever. Christina, you know I'm the worst with this. I can be so selfish about this. <laughs> and also, we have really different personality types. With Christina, like, it just – she's like, that's not news. Why would I text you that? Like, I'm just getting breakfast. I didn't think it was a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, okay. That's everything I have to say about this so yeah, far. Yeah, and it's also just realizing that, like, that's a trigger for you or, like, you just like to be kept in the loop that way and everybody has different ways that they deal with their friends. And so totally. I have to be conscious of that. Like, not, you, it's just different. Everybody's different. But also, like, own up to it. Say, like, maybe I'm weird about – or I know I'm weird about this. Right. But a big thing for me is just, like, feeling like I'm being left out of things. Right. Especially if – when that was happening, it was because of the boyfriend stuff. Right. Also, if your friend is your friend, then they have to respect that. Then they there's no part of them that's like, that's weird because this is the same person that watches you eat like salami and peanut butter and like your right. lets you watch horrible lifetime movies that you make them watch as well. Like that's your friend. So they're like, Oh yeah, girl, didn't know that was a thing. Okay, great. Like on the table. Yeah. Um, 
my advice because yes the birthday thing uh y'all can have that one because i can't i cannot stress like you you can't do things that was crazy that was horrible and you can't do things with an expectation like people are not toys they're not legos you can't just plop them down and make them do what you want you have to if you're going to do something nice for somebody or caring for somebody you have to do with no expectation if you're going to give a gift you can't dictate how it's going to be opened what the reaction is going to be where they're going to put it in their home or how they're going to use it like that's not why you have these people in your life and you do things to show it's that you care. It's a little manipulative and a little controlling. And But I will say it was kind of unclear at a certain point if you were saying that for your birthday, she just wanted to do a barbecue up on the roof or if you were saying that usually you get to plan this big blowout, but this year she just wanted to do barbecue on the roof. It's, it's um, like for hers. But I would say for either way, like – you're crazy. Like right. if you're if your friend is if you know what, there's nothing wrong with just having a dinner for your birthday. There's nothing wrong with being with the people you love and having an intimate party. And I think that there's something to be said for people who feel like their birthday needs to be a big parade. And right. it's very immature and it's always unflattering. And I just, you know, it's a really unflattering quality to need a big thing. Yeah. Also, to me, I would feel more honored. If somebody was like, look, I don't want to have a party. I just want to sit down with you and my boyfriend and like the people I love and have like a dinner. That to me sounds way more like actual connection and love than we're just gonna have a big ass party, probably spend too much money, clean up and like somebody's gonna vomit off your balcony. Especially because it seems like your friend values quality time and you've been flaking on her a lot and probably based on the things she's seen about where you're at in your relationship when your boyfriend's brother just died. Maybe she thought that that would be best. Maybe yeah. she didn't think you wanted to go to a club and drink a fucking handle of vodka and like after you've been basically at home nursing your boyfriend over a horrible situation. That's yeah. a lot for a person. Maybe having a cute little intimate barbecue with beers and hot dogs on the roof is That sounds a wonderful too. It's not like she said like I want everyone to get in a bed and spoon. Like right. that's uncomfortable that you do for somebody else's birthday, which everybody does that. Let's go see an afternoon movie and then I'll split up. Right. Like it, it she wanted to Talk like to you. have a barbecue and hang out and I don't know. That sounds wonderful. Something I like that we do, Molly, is that we often go to dinner for my birthday. Like you and yeah. I, like the day before, usually like a July 3rd situation. It's like you and I have dinner together and just like chill out. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Then my 30th, it was the first time I ever did anything for my birthday. Yeah. Christina never does anything. <laughs> I'm the same. I don't like parties. I don't like hanging out. I just like kind of like chilling. Because I'm like, I'm like the, I I go into that host mode where I'm like, oh, is everyone having a good time? Am I talking to everybody? Maybe what I don't like in this girl is what I see in myself because I do sometimes have moments, especially with Christina, because I think that like, I mean, I'll just say it. I think you cheat yourself sometimes of everything you deserve because you, (laughs) I do. And so I think you deserve more from yourself. You're like, you deserve whatever you want and you should have everything. And so for years, it sometimes it's bothered me that you didn't have a birthday because I want to celebrate you yeah. selfishly. Like I want to, I want to go out and be like, yeah, it's Christina's no, day. Like Christina, Christina deserves a celebration. Like put your earrings on, put your lip gloss on, Chrissy. Like I just, get that. All hail the queen. I do get that for Christina. That you know, I can see. Yeah, because she Christina's not someone who like Christina's such a good caretaker yeah. and. I've put Christina through so much shit and like she just well, she doesn't celebrate herself and Christina doesn't <laughs> walk in like I'm here bitches bow down so like when somebody doesn't promote themselves in that way and has like massive amounts of like attention purposely put on them you do want to 
like pour attention over them when something awesome happens. Yeah. When something great happens in their life or when it's their birthday. You're like, I think yeah. it's just like, I have a fear of my full Ricky Martin coming out. Like, that's Whoa. like my. T- what does <laughs> what that is, mean? Yeah. Are you well, that like, was something that you referred you to. You shake your bonbon? No, yeah. it was something that you referred to. Like, when I'm on a good one, I have like a Ricky Martin esque. Like, Do you yeah. pop your collar? Oh, I said that? Yeah. You I said like, you were oh, Ricky Martin. Yeah. When you, were you, drunk? Said, you said you, Christina can get a little Ricky Martin. Oh, like, my but God. It is, that but is there's something. But there's also that it's true because there's something about him that I think it's like he's so I love Ricky. You're Martin. a flamboyant gay man when you're drunk. <laughs> well, no, no he's it's like very it, not flamboyant. There's something like he's like very charismatic. Yeah, I love yeah. I love Ricky Martin so much. Yeah, he's like, charismatic, but not in a what's his name Mark Antony way where it feels like you're like purpose like you're doing too much Ricky Martin just feels like a bubble of fun yeah like he's fun and like you, I can imagine him turning up and then dancing and oh, like yeah. being like everybody come on yeah. like okay wait a minute can we play a game sure. a Ricky Martin game yeah for some <laughs> reason course. I'm trying really hard to think of all of the Ricky Martin songs I know but then I'm like oh that's not actually a Ricky Martin song so can we list all the Ricky Martin songs we can think of? Because I can only think of Shake Your Bon Bon. Well, now that's all I can think shake of. Shake Your Bon Bon, Shake Your Bon What a What was the first song. one? Uh, well, he had a Spanish career in Minute with Minuto. Yes. He blew up at the World Cup. Yes. I remember that. Un, dos, tres. Ole, ole, yes, girl. What's that's the... what he performed at the Grammys. No, I know that. Love, love. No, what is the first Ricky Martin one. There's also Nobody Wants to Be Lonely, the duet he did with Christina Aguilera. Oh. I'm Googling. No. There was the big one. Maria? No. Yes, no. Maria. Oh, I forgot about that one. I was like, Carlos <laughs> That's not Santana? a real song. I know. I love that Carlos Santana jam. By the way, I got Lauren Hill's empty. Ricky TV Martin didn't unplugged. do anything with uh, Carlos Santana. Oh, you're talking no, about no, no, Maria. we're talking about the Maria Maria song oh, yeah. from the, of course, the famous Carlos. Oh, Santana. she bangs, she bangs, she bangs, she bangs. And what else? What else? She bangs. Um, oh wow. Tell me Ricky Martin songs. <laughs> I, that's it. I don't have any more. I'm googling. No, there was um for his my first... birthday. Can we just get together and you guys tell me songs from people that I want to yeah. thank? Living La Vida Loca. Yeah, Living La Vida. Oh, oh my God. Yes. You yeah. Down. There you go. Living La Vida Loca. Like. The girl he describes in that song sounds like the worst person in the entire world. Yeah. I was watching the video from that, and mm-hmm. I was like, what was going on in the early 2000s? And also, like, that was his- I was always like, I'd, I have terrible gaydar. And so, like, I never s- picked up on any I think gay vibes from him. a lot him. of women didn't pick that up for years. I didn't either. I picked, because you know why? Because when you're a young pop star, it's just one of those things. It's like, what's his name from Saved by the Bell that's on Extra? Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez. Like, to me, it's like the same thing. Like, you were young and you were told that you were really attractive when you were young. So when you grow up, it's the same thing Rob Lowe. Yeah. If Rob Lowe came out today, I don't think I'd ever kick myself. It's just because he was always told he's handsome. So when he's on, like, Parks and Recs, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like The press machine was also a little bit different then. So it was like, either it was going to be a big deal that you were gay or it was going to be basically unnecessary to come out. Yeah. But also, I also remember, like, the press asking him about it a lot and he got to a point where he was so annoyed about people asking him that question and it was it seemed so invasive but so like i was happy for him when he came out that was great well one thing that i've like realized doing emotionally broken psychos is like basically the 2000s had a totally different feel in their interviews and like it's actually driven me to realize that i don't really like or respect um Barbara Walters in particular, oh, wow. um, but also Diane Sawyer. Okay. And um, my reasoning for that 
is that one, like in the early 2000s, you could ask a man, like, there's rumors that you're gay. Yeah. Are you gay? Like, now there would be such a faux pas to do that. Yeah, Alicia Keys got that a lot. Oh, yeah. The one that I hate that was so prevalent then was asking young girls about their virginity. So, like, Britney Spears was regularly asked, like, as a 16-year-old girl. Like, like, are you having sex? Are you saving yourself for marriage or is that a whole thing? Like, you know, you should never ask a, a teenager what's going on with her vagina. Yeah. That's no. just fucked up. It's yeah, it so is. invasive. Like, you shouldn't ask anyone, like, are you a virgin? That's not the public's business. Yeah. But it was so common back then. Yeah, because I think those women were viewed as, like, aunties and moms and like older women so they got a pass but i don't think dan rather would be asking those questions you know like i feel like that's the bad side of it. the same way you knew you were gonna cry and on a barbara walter special yeah. like if you went on there you knew she was waiting to like make you cry i think that she was allowed that pass but i don't think oprah asked those questions oprah um actually did an interview with britney and I think the Olsen twins, she commented on it, but she didn't ask them about their virginity per se. She, I think she asked them what it was like to be like have an 18 till they like the countdowns till they were 18, Ugh. which is another thing that was completely Creepy. like people would talk about it like it was a funny thing that like yeah. some man created a website about when he can legally fuck the Olsen twins. And it was just this, like ongoing countdown that was up for years. Um, but we're getting into a really Sorry. No, that's fine. fine. We never do that anymore. And sometimes it just gets so serious when we're talking about, I just want to talk about Britney Spears right now. So Oprah had Britney on and Oprah was basically like, Britney and Justin had broken up. Cry Me a River video had come out. My favorite. I think it was between the, I think it was like after the quickie marriage, but it was like pretty much after the quickie marriage and they were really trying to restore Britney as a wholesome person or whatever. Okay. So this is after K-Fed. No, because K-Fed happened nine months after Jason Alexander. Oh, I, for some reason I flipped that. Okay. I have, okay. I have a really serious theory that if they had just let her marry Jason Alexander, that would be, or like stay married. That would be the father of her children. She'd be be Shania Twain. Like she'd be like stable home life. I mean, I don't think they would stay together necessarily, but I would say that they pushed her away knowing that she had this like need for love and affection. They tore her away from this person she made this bond with. And then they, in doing so, they freed her up again, but she still had this hole. It was going to get filled either way. And so then she like courted Kevin Federline and like really like, you know, he turned out to be an okay guy in the end. But anyway. Popo Zao's unforgivable. Oh my Uh, God. The producer of Popo Zao mysteriously died, I heard. Anyway, um, my what I was going to say is that Oprah said to Britney, like, do you feel bad that you made that promise now? And that was kind of more what Oof. it was. Yeah. Still inappropriate. I also feel like getting back, not to get back to the call, but also to get back to the call. I yeah. feel like the caller didn't pick up soon enough that this person had no interest in being friends with her anymore. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So back to that. What you were saying about writing a letter, that's fine. But once again, to touch on the fact that it seems like you're doing things with the expectation, when you write this letter, you have to know that when you send it, 
she might not respond for a week, for a month, for a year, for five years. You can't control you her experience. You cannot control that. So you have to let this be. Here's everything I want to say. I'm not going to harp on it. I'm not going to say something just to get a reaction and then take it back a week later when she doesn't respond and be like, actually, never mind. I don't want to have coffee with you. Like, you just have to, like, say all the things that you love about her Everything that you can take on as yourself that you understand that might have been baby. right, might have been a little trying to be friends with somebody like that, and then just end it with like love and be like, I love you if we don't t- ever talk again, but I just need you to know that like I love you and I want to be friends because if you really care about this person, it doesn't matter if they come back to you in 10 years or five years you'll have your friend back. But if you just want to be a part of this group and go around and go to like concerts and be on Facebook, then it's not worth it. You then you have to do some work on yourself and just realize that it's just about you being in the midst of these people. And you got to just sit down with yourself and figure out why you feel like you have to be like tagged in pictures. I mean, she also has to be talking to some of these people in the friend group, right? Yeah. Like, just ask them Just say like, what did she say to you? Like, how pissed is she? What's the deal? Oh, like, but I'm good. For, I'll do that. And I won't mention it because if I'm oh, not yeah. friends with somebody, I'll just be like, yeah, I don't talk to that person anymore. Like, there's no need to go deeper because my experience. No, no, with no, that- no. I'm saying uh, go to go to her. Go to your mutual friends and try and get information about why her friend is icing her out right now. I know what I'm oh, saying sorry. is like if if one of my friends asked where another one of my friends is, I might not give them that information because I always feel like my experience with that right. person shouldn't dictate how like unless they're literally like stealing out of my person i'm like well you got to watch your bag around this person if we just didn't see eye to eye on something or they just did something that i didn't like i'll be like oh yeah i don't talk to them anymore and just leave it at that you right. know so i you know because then you don't want her friends to be like she said yeah don't get into yeah. a she, she said situation. yeah it might just be easier just for her to write this letter and also it's just like any other breakup it's gonna hurt for a long time so i would base it on your breakup like like meter how long does it take you to get over a breakup how does it feel how sad are you how you know kind of how much do you kick yourself when you go on instagram and like go all the way back and scroll maybe because, give a break from instagram for a while yeah. you know it can't affect you as much when it's not in your life yeah so there's that um, and also unfollowing your friend was kind of a shitty move. And I wondered about that. I think that was really petty. And that was like a mistake that you're also going to have to address in the letter, to yeah. be honest, because you know how people take that when yeah. you unfollow someone on social media, unless they have like 90,000 followers, uh, they're not going to, they'll, I mean, she's probably going to know it was her who unfollowed her. So yeah. don't be a baby girl. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're going to need friends in this life and it's just important to do what you can to be good um and i will take this i'll think about this letter a lot actually i bet for this call um christina do we have a call or a letter one more call okay let's take it hi Moles. this is a blah blah long time listener um i saw that you were filming today and i have a question that is kind of a palate cleanser Um, so I love online shopping and I do that thing where you order like multiple sizes and way, way too much just so that you can try it all on in your own home and then send like 80% of it back. So I need a new bathing suit and I ordered 28 pieces from a major retail store because I got two sizes in each top and bottom. So it was like seven bathing suits, but 28 pieces and like $400 worth of stuff that I was obviously going to return a lot of it. However, um, they never charged my credit card. And I'm now sitting here with $400 worth of bathing suits that was not 
charged from this major company. I saw it in pending for a while, and then I looked over, and it was gone. Um, it wasn't on my last statement. I just think, like, some weird blip has given me $400 worth of bathing suits, um, half of which totally don't fit, and then, like, half of which I really don't want. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, like, what would you do? Would you be a good person and return them? I Googled on the internet, like, what I should do, and it was a bunch of people who were like, stealing is bad! Never steal! And it's like, well, that's not my qualm. <laughs> like, it's the inconvenience, and, like, are these supposed to be in my life? Um, I don't know. i curious what y'all think. Um, love you guys, as always. Keep it up. Um, Yeah, please advise. Okay, this is a fun one. So I'm going to give you the, first of all, the answer that I know should be the right answer, which is that you send back the pieces and you, or you, you call your car. I mean, that is the, that is honestly, if you are, believe in the Christian Bible, you know, thou shall not steal. Like, it's best to be honest. Uh, I remember one time when I was five, I got a bag of penny candy and, um, I got like a shit ton of it. And I went to this like general store where they'd like count your Swedish fish out one by one. And the guy fucked it up and he put the $5 back in my bag. So I just got a $5 bag of candy for free. And like, remember when like $5 was like, hell yeah. Damn. Like I was like, I got a five, like. I'm used You're to rich. dealing with dimes and yeah. dollars, like, but then a five is in the mix. Like, I remember getting a 20 and losing my mind when I was, like, a little kid. But I knew that I had just spent $5 on candy, and I knew that this was a small general store, and I frequented it often. And I was, you know, before I moved to L.A., and it ruined me, and I'm still a good – I'm still better than a lot of people I know, but – I used to have a very, I used to have very strong morals and I went back in the store and I gave him the $5 and I said, sir, like, I just want to let you know, you accidentally put this in my bag. And he said to me, thank you so much. That would have come out of my paycheck. Yes. So in that instance, I will say not only did it feel right to do the wrong, to do the right thing, but, and that felt good. It also I actually like I remember crying about it for several years thinking about this older man and just how many you know like he's making mistakes sometimes at the register and thinking yeah. about it coming out of his paycheck and he's already like well he's not working for fun no, so he's working at a general store yeah. like you know sometimes and it's like also Massachusetts like total mass holes like the way back was filmed on the street that wow. where our general store was so and I think they filmed in the general store too but uh like you know, like there's a lot of fucking drunk ass people coming in being like, where the fuck's the Bud Light? Right. You know, and, and so he's dealing with that on time, you know, like it's not all kids buying penny candy. <laughs> you guys have the same laugh now. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but uh, dude, okay, okay. But I also have this story. Here we go. Now we get in. This is the other shoulder. So I have a little sits. bit of a, I have a little bit of a problem. I used to have a very bad problem, but like now I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good now. I'm pretty good. But when I was on Two Broke Girls, I survived on the dopamine from online shopping. And like, it wasn't just for clothes. It was for furniture. It was for light fixtures. It was for like fucking kooky little like gadgets and, and things and, you know, getting a new whatever all the time. Um, sometimes when you're depressed, spending money is really good. So I also want to just talk to you about that online shopping problem. But I remember I ordered from a high end, like kind of like a net or something. It wasn't them, but something like that. 
and I ordered a $400 Rachel Zoe jacket. Is this the fluffy coat? The one that looks like a Muppet? Yes. Yes, I will never forget this. I'm sorry. I'm just going to interject. I never online purchased, so I lived vicariously through you at that time. Like, I just remember packages and the the fluffy Muppety coat. I remember when I went to Austin that my entire hallway was stacked with packages, like, up to the top of the door. Yeah. Because I had just been ordering while I was in Austin. Sometimes even – they got used to me in Austin. I started to get packages to my apartment there. Uh, So this $400 jacket never came. And so I called them and said, hey, I never got this jacket. I paid for it. So they sent another one. And then the other one came. And so now I have these two $400 jackets. And so what I did is I just gave the other one to my roommate. Yeah. And first of all, that was a fucking cute jacket. It I'm, was. I can't believe I gave it away. It was also one of a kind. Like nobody else would have that. I've never no. seen another jacket like it. That's why I remember it. So well, vividly. two of a kind in this. Well, movie. exactly. It was dope. But um, I don't know. What would you do, Blair? So I never online shop ever, 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 ever. I think the last thing I bought was Molly's going to call me a nerd for this, but a Harley Quinn top. That's um, cute. That's that fine. Was, that's it. I love Margot Robbie. Ugh. Um, but yeah, that's no, she's hot. But yeah, she is. That's, and she's a good actress. All right, Christina, keep it in your pants. <laughs> um, no, she again. really, she really is attractive. I just that that role. Anyway, that's a whole nother call. I'll sure. call in for that. Sure. But so same experience. My mom also had her own businesses and I know what a difference it would make right if money was missing I also went to the bank one time to deposit money for my mom and or take money out and the woman gave me 200 extra dollars and I remember I walked out like oh like I heard like literally like Mason Puffy like dun 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 like I was rich (laughs) and then my mom was like are you kidding me we go to that bank all the time those people are nice they probably have like the mortgage on her house, whatever. And the teller right. really gets Would've, in trouble, right. even she, over $100. I knew the woman's name. Her name was Victoria. She was like, that was Victoria. What, are you out of your mind? Go back there. And I never, like, I will tell somebody they gave me the wrong change back. Yeah. I will always do that. Except in a situation like this. Two reasons. One, this isn't somebody's, like, name. Like, a cashier is not going to get in trouble for this. And also, it's a huge retailer that I guarantee you has overcharged you in the past and many other people that were buying like bathing suits because they had to and probably spent their last dime on like an expensive ass bathing suit and these people did not think twice about being like yeah yeah no 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 and not- then a pop up came up to go back into the shop and buy something else right. like they'll they will suck your blood dry i think you'd feel really good giving yeah. the bathing suits to your girlfriend i do think that the, i think you should totally do that i don't think you should like make money off the situation i don't think you should like send it back and then get more money back on your card like i'm not saying that I think sharing is caring. Yeah. I think spreading the wealth kind of negates the fact that it was kind of gotten in with like ill means. It's not your fault. It's totally not your fault. And this is a big retailer. They're not going to feel this hit. But yeah, if it was anything small, if it was a small business, if it was a retailer that was like doing consignment for smaller people, then I think you should send it back. $400 as part of a collection is like, that's a big difference. But you know, nobody's working on commission at, you know, wet Nordstrom seal. Nordstrom even. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I I think that you should just have some fun with it. I love that you called with this, by the way. Are, are you Lala the one who is in love with Ron Gronkowski? Because if so, I have a Ron Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski? What's his name? Gronk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rob Gronkowski. 
I have an action figure from you from a listener named Georgia who makes them for a living. So what? I have so email us your address so I can mail it to you, Lala. And if you still listen. If that's the same one, I hope she's seen like the clueless gamer with Conan O'Brien and Gronk playing video games. It's my one of my favorites. She loves him, so probably she probably has. Well, great. We should tweet about it because I didn't love him until I watched him just be his most authentic sweet boy self and i was like i think i like him too you love him i kind of do okay auntie blair well thank you so much for (laughs) visiting us today i love you so much thank you for uh, to the audience for being here with us for three years christina i appreciate you and i love you and you're the best blair where can people find you online um i'm pretty much blair bitch proj anywhere so b-l-a-i-r-e-b-i-t-c-h-p-r-o-j on twitter insta and then facebook Blair Bursey, that's me. And you should know how to find me and Christina by now. But yeah. follow us at please underscore advice. And remember, if we get 500 reviews by December 31st, is there is there 30 or 31 days in December? 31, 31. right? Yeah. If we get 500 reviews by December 31st, then I will do something very, very special for you guys. What it is, I do not know yet, but it would mean a lot to me. So New Year's Eve, you're going to spend New Year's Eve counting. Oh, well, I'm going to make fake things because I want to put a bunch of reviews in now. Okay. See, I'm that See, I told you to keep the bathing suits. I'm a horrible person. Uh, Well, (laughs) I love you guys. Have a fabulous week and I will talk to you very, very soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Yay. 